it's okay to clap. This series is actually worth it for the videos. It's pretty good. Pretty good. We've all uh, had those thoughts, maybe, or we've been there. And we are, we are in this series, What Happy Couples Know, if you're here for the first time. I'm Fontaine, and we're in a four-part series. Today is part three. I'm going to recap for you just a little bit where we have been. And go ahead even now and invite you, please come back next week as we complete part four of this series. And it is information that is good for regardless of where you are. If you're married, uh, that's perfect. I think there's some things you can glean from this. Also, if you're thinking to get married someday, um, this is great stuff. Or if you're just... um, You know, regardless of your relationships, you know, just with one another, there are things that we can glean and apply to our life. And so I encourage you again, please join us, in fact, next week. We are talking about, and in this box, I have hopes, dreams, and desires. And so I want to show those to you a little bit. There's a little bit of glare in here. It's not only my forehead, but it could be off the tape on this box. And so in here are hopes, dreams, and desires. See, we all have hopes, dreams, and desires. We have these things that we imagine that, and we're bringing to a relationship, and that's exactly what the video just shared with us, because we have an idea, you know, about um, what life is going to be like. You know, we're going to have a house, um, or we're not going to have a house. We're going to have a tiny house. We're going to have a big house, or we're going to have a sailboat house, my favorite. Um, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have kids, Um, we're going to have a lot of kids or we're going to have no kids or we're going to have a dog. We're going to have pets. Um, we're going to have money or, or not too much money. Uh, love will keep us alive. And, um, we're going to travel. We're going to travel the world. That's here in amen here. We're going to travel the world, uh, or we're going to stay at home and, or somewhere in between. And we're going to, um, we're going we're gonna to resolve conflict because we're not going to agree all the time. You know, when we resolve conflict, there can be a lot of talking. And then there's the car thing because I want to keep my car. It's a very nice car. And then my, sp- my spouse can, well, she can walk or take the moto. Um, or there's some other options, but I'll keep my car. You know, so we, again, we all have, we have these ideas. We have our own box, if you will, of things that we have in our mind, things that are hopes, dreams, and desires. They're not necessarily bad. What is bad, though, is when we turn around and we, we decide that those are going to be someone else's to deal with. They become expectations then. When I hand those off to someone else, and they become what, what is very light and very normal for me, becomes very heavy then for someone else to have to carry. And that's what we tend to bring, though, to relationship. <clears throat> and with that, <clears throat> as we recognize in week one, we talked to you about, look, look at your hopes, dreams, and desires. And we ask a question, uh, have you placed those on someone else? You're married, you're dating, or you're thinking into the future, and you've placed those hopes, dreams, and desires onto someone else. Because we, what we want to be is we want to recognize that and say, well, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. And in fact, I, I, I don't want this debt, debtor relationship. I just want to, uh, we want to be with each other like we, we, you don't owe me anything. But we owe each other everything. We owe God everything. We're not trying to place this box on somebody else. Last week, 
Bethel share with you and talk to you about the idea of mutual submission. It's a submission competition. If you missed everything as I did last week, you remember that one thing. That in relationship, it's this competition of mutual submission, of you first. You know, I'll go to the back of the line. But we're going we're gonna to submit here, and we're going to honor one another. Today, we're talking about throwing things. And before you get the wrong idea, we're not actually throwing anything, but it is in reference to this box and what is in the box and what is in us and what we can do with this box. Expectations. You know, if we have expectations and we're handing this off to someone else, then that's where the relationship can go wrong and become this debt, date, debt and debtor thing. I, you know, we went to my, my parents last week, so now we got to go to, uh, <clears throat> you went to your parents last week, got to go to my parents this week. We spent Christmas with your family last year. This year, it's me, you know, and, or our family. That's the idea, is that you owe me, and we get back and forth, and it, it allows room then for the stronger personality to kind of win. Because that's often the case. There's one who's more vocal. There's one who's stronger. And then someone else that just says, okay, you know, we'll go along. You know, I'm not going to worry about mine. We're just going to do what you want to do. And so that becomes the type of relationship. And it's not the best. It's not what it could be. There are some intangibles. I want you to look at these intangibles for a moment. You see, these are things, they aren't bad either. They're not bad. It's just, we all want to be respected. We want to be desired. We want to be admired. Guys want this. We want to know that, that, that we're being respected and admired because, you know, about every other day we start questioning ourselves. We're not going to tell you that, ladies. But, but we need to know that. Our, that we're being respected. That we're being defended. That we're being trusted. That, yes, I can be trusted and you can be trusted. We want to be prioritized you know no one wants to compete with uh, someone else's employment or someone else's income or someone else's family you know we, we want to we want to be the priority we want to be what is the focus we want to be pursued again nothing wrong with these things these are intangibles that we're all uh, built with and designed with they're they're just like the box Hopes, dreams, and desires, and, and these are just kind of human makeup. This is how God has made us, and, <clears throat> and these aren't bad things. So what do we do with this box? What do we do with uh, the way God has wired us and the way that we've developed these, these uh, hopes, dreams, and desires? What do we even do with all that? Well, there's a couple, three things. We can, well, number one, we can ignore them. You, know, you can just say, you know what, this is um, the way it is, and this is my box, and I'm just going to ignore my box, and, and I'm just going to go on, and we're, we're going to just pretend that it isn't there. And what you end up th- with then is a relationship that's just not very healthy. You know, you, you can't ignore it and think that things are going to go away or things are going to get better. You just kind of <clears throat> don't ignore it. We could stay busy, though, and we're not advocating that either. You could become busy with work. You could become busy with other activities so that you just kind of come into the house at the end of the day, grab a bite to eat, and collapse into the chair 
and go to sleep and do it again the next day. And again, ignoring and staying busy, not, not good ways to, to deal with these. You could find someone else. Find someone else. And what I, what I hope you would remember about that is that where <clears throat> the thing is, if we, if we go somewhere else or we're looking somewhere else, this, this same box that we have right here, it goes right with us. You're going to take it with you. And that other someone that you think might be so special, they got their own little box too. And guess what? They're not thinking, they're not thinking how much they would just want to uh, fill the needs of your box. And you're not thinking that either. You're not thinking, oh, I just want to go serve the needs of someone else and, and just take care of all their needs and, and take care of their box. No, no one's thinking selfishly. When you're thinking of someone else, you're thinking, I want my box taken care of. My box is not being met right now, and I want this taken care of. Man, I hope, you'd, hope you're listening and catching that today, regardless of your age. Because a, a big issue in today, in today's world, and, and in the old world as well, is this idea of, well, we'll just find someone else. You've got to recognize what's going on. That someone else, they're on their very best behavior. They need to listen to your friends and listen to your family or listen to your spouse and hear how you really are. Recognize your box. You're all right. What do we do then? And again, this observation that people don't rush into a new relationship because they are eager to give their lives to someone else. That's not it at all. Know that. Write that one down. I want to turn you today to Scripture. Scripture that's applicable to all relationships. You see, Peter, Peter who walked with Jesus, he, he knew Jesus. He, he knew Him well. He, he loved Jesus. And he listened. And he listened to so many things in three plus years as he walked with Jesus and saw Jesus perform the miraculous. He saw Jesus do incredible things. He saw Jesus uh, teach in incredible ways. He was a master teacher. He saw Jesus go to the cross. He saw Jesus. He was one of the early ones, the first ones to kind of get the idea that Jesus was resurrected. And even though he had left Jesus, Jesus reconciled this relationship. You see, Peter knew what it was to... for. For there to be stress and strain and uh, uh, opposition and for things to not go well. And he saw how Jesus prayed. So I want us to look at what Peter writes about in 1 Peter chapter 5. And it gives us some instruction. All of you, that's all of us. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Put on this, this humble, this, this ability to go small. Put on this ability to go to the end of the line. Clothe yourself with this ability to put others first. Humility. Because God opposes the proud, but shows favor and grace 
to the humble. You look at that, and, and that's a passage that I have read many times. And I look at humility, and I, I know that I had humility modeled for me as a young man. I had a, a grandfather in particular that I, he, he just, everyone's taught, he, he didn't say I'm a humble man. That wouldn't be it at all. But it is what others said of him. It is what his grandchildren, like myself, saw and observed. This is a man who practices humility. So I, I saw that. And yet, I'm not, I can't say that that looked very attractive to me. I mean, who wants to be humble? And, and again, I'm looking at it from the perspective of not following Jesus. Why would I want to humble myself? Why would he want to do the things that I see him do? Why is he so generous? Why does he drive people? Why does he sacrifice his own schedule for the benefit of other people? What is wrong with him? Why would I want to adopt that? And so I saw it, but I can't say that I liked it. And that may be the case for anyone else today. But Peter says that this, though, clothe yourself with humility because God opposes the proud. He opposes the proud. He leans against the, <clears throat> the proud. He, he leans back away from. And you think, well, that's, that's not so good. But wait a minute. I do the same thing. You do the same thing. Who wants to be around a proud person? Right? Who wants to be around somebody that's always talking about themselves? Always bragging about themselves? Always telling you what all they have and what all they're going to do and what all they've accomplished. Is that the person you want for your best friend? So you can just pat them on the back and tell them how great they are? Because they already know it. You see, I hadn't thought of it that way. Is that Not only does God oppose the proud, but you and I oppose the proud as well. That's not who we want to hang out with. It's not an attractive quality of life. No one wants to be around the proud. But God who opposes the proud, He shows favor or grace to the humble. Peter goes on in verse 6. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand. And now, <clears throat> We're not talking about God's mighty hand here so that he can take us out. That's not it at all. It is God's mighty hand. It is his hand of protection and authority. So we, we put ourselves under that hand. God, I, I need your protection and I need your authority. The ability to, to go humble, to go small, to go last. It's an invitation it's an invitation to God to get involved in the circumstances and in the relationships. You see, I need God involved in, in all those areas. But I want to tell you what that looked like for me. You see, I did later on, while I did not embrace the humility modeled by my grandfather, I did find myself eventually following Christ. And soon after uh, getting married to my first wife, who's still here this morning. 
Thank you, Landry. She and I packed up our things and we, we moved from Kentucky and we moved 2,000 miles away at the orders of Uncle Sam because they told us that the needs of the Air Force come first. And so we packed up our worldly goods, which weren't too much, and we moved 2,000 miles away to Washington. And here we are uh, following Jesus, trying to learn what it is to follow Jesus, trying to learn what it is to be married, trying to figure out what to do with our boxes because we did, we had a very small U-Haul. You know what a U-Haul is, but I tell you, I guarantee we both had our boxes. And we both, here's the, we, so we move away from family and we bring our box and I'm telling you what, it was full of expectations. Both ways, sweetie. Both ways. We both had our ideas of what life is going to be like. And we start working that out together. I want to tell you, it was ugly more than once. Very ugly. As we uh, tried to resolve conflict. As we uh, disagreed in how we addressed things and, and what we were going to do about it. And I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I don't think we were reading in our devotions 1 Peter chapter 5. We weren't talking anything about humility or what it would be to be humble at all. We were talking about uh, what can you do with my box. And so we haven't had model. We hadn't heard a message like you're hearing in this series. And, and here we are left to, to fight it out. We, we love Jesus. We love each other most days. But not every day. And trying to figure out how do we do this. And so thankfully we did have a good church home. And a church that, that would model stuff for us. And they, they began to model what it is to, what, to do this. To humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. Because you reach the point that, okay, I've got all this stuff. I've got all this stuff in my box. And what do I do with it? And, and I know that, you know, I, I, I'm a guy that I don't even know how to humble myself. I, I've seen it done, but I didn't like it. And I just want, I just want her to do what, what I tell her to do. Amen? But I began to learn a different way. And what it might be to humble myself. I love the song that our Alyssa shared with us earlier. Thinking back 20 years. And thinking back even more than that. But thinking about what it is sometimes when we, we come to God and we... In the way that we come to God. And oftentimes that is with an agenda. And that's exactly where I was. I got, God, here's my box. God, here's my relationship. I got no kids, but it's just us. And what do we do with all this? And we're, we're not getting along all the time. And we're working. And we're seeing all these bad dynamics develop. God, what would you have us to do? I saw something. And it relates to Humility. I saw folks begin to, to do things a different way. They begin to, I saw people that would raise their hands. And I've never been one to tell people, other people, you know, you raise your hands or whatever. But I just saw people that they would be in a service like we were in today. And I, <clears throat> I never raised my hands. I wasn't, it wasn't kind of normal for me. But these people would raise their hands. And I look back now after I've had a few kids and I, as my kids began to, they could even not even be walking yet. 
and my kids can begin to reach up their arms. They, they want somebody to pick them up. And I see that now. And, and a child to reach up their hands to me, mine or not, and I, I'm going to reach down and pick them up. Every time. I'll, I'm not going to let them leave them hanging there with their arms hanging. But I remember, it's probably like 1983, 1984. And of being in a service for the very first time and beginning to think about, God, I just can't do this on my own. I don't know what else to do, oh God. And I'm thinking about, God, I may just want to raise my hands a little bit. Would you reach me? Because God, I need what only you can do. I need you to take care of my hopes, dreams, and desires. I need you to help me be the man of the house that I believe the scripture tells me I'm supposed to be. But God, I don't even know how to do it. But God, if I begin to humble myself, I don't know how else to do it. But, but maybe when we're worshiping and when we're singing, God, I, I feel like I want to raise my hands, but then I don't because God, I'm worried about who might be looking. God, I've got a little bit of pride issue. I don't want people to know that I have a need. But God, you and I both know that I have a need. And so that's that's beginning of stage one for me. And I, I share this story with you because maybe that's with you. That humility and being humble is something that you've read about, but maybe something you haven't been able to put into practice. Well, I like to give you very practical terms and very practical ability that maybe you just need to be able to be like a child and begin to raise your hands to your father and I believe he'll catch you right there and you don't need to worry about who's around you but when we sing again here in a few minutes maybe you need to say you know God I see your word and I want to put your word into practice in my life and I just want to I just want to lift my hands God I've never done it before but I just believe that you'll catch me father and I need a good father right now because my life, I can't manage it on my own. I need what you can bring. I got to practice humility. And God, I need, I need to be under your hand for your protection and your authority. And I want you to be in control. I learned something else. Because just like the disciples, you know, the disciples, um, they, they, they asked Jesus, you know, Luke 11, chapter 11. Lord, uh, teach us to pray. Now, <clears throat> these were good Jewish boys who had grown up praying. They, they knew prayers. They knew prayers. And I'm like that too. I, 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 my background, my upbringing was one where they taught us how to pray. You read this prayer. You do these things. And that was kind of my prayer life. It, it was a talk. It was a talk. But I began to see something. Again, this was 1983 or 1985 even. And things were different. I, what I learned though, I saw people that prayed. And my, my idea, my question would be just like the disciples. Jesus, teach me to pray. Because I, I pray polite. I pray polite. And I need more than that. Because you know, God, as I'm learning that you know more about me, you know what's in me. You know what is in my box. 
And God, I don't know how to deal with it. And I saw people that just began to get on their knees. And I, I thought, and I didn't want to do that either. I mean, that's, that's an act of humility. That, that is being humble. I, I, I even saw my grandfather do that. And why would I want to get on my knees? And yet at 54 this morning, I tell you, I'm thankful that I can get on my knees. And as long as I can get on my knees, I want to do that. But again, as I've, <clears throat> I've done this for me and in my quiet time and in my private prayer time, but I'm never one to force this on anybody else. But I'm thinking of how we can actually apply humility and being humble to our lives. And just because this, this is a posture. See, my mind is connected to my body and my body connected to my mind. <laughs> and God knows that. And sometimes I've just got to get down on my knees. And I'm grateful that I can. But on my knees, I can just say, God, again, I need what you can bring. I can't do this on my own. My box is too full. I need your help in these relationships. And so I'm humbling myself under your mighty hand for your protection and your authority and what you can bring. I'm grateful that that was modeled for me. And I, I show you that today because whatever you're going through today, especially in relationship, if you were to look at yourself and maybe you say this morning, I'm not humble. That's why we're asking this question. <laughs> because we need to be. Peter is telling us that this is the way in relationship. He goes on in verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on Him. Cast all your anxiety on Him. In other words, unload on God. Throw, cast, take this, and throw it to God. That God, I can't do this, but you can. Child of God, this is what I want you to see and hear today. Because I walk with you. Many of you, you call me, you text me, you, you speak to me after a service. And, and often the theme of the story is exactly this, you know, Pastor, this is what we're going through. These are the circumstances. What do we do? And I tell you, the temptation for you is a, it's similar for me. Is that we don't have God in the equation of what He could do if we were to humble ourselves under His mighty hand. I want you to get humility today. And the ability to cast this not on your spouse, not on the person you're in a growing relationship with and perhaps moving toward marriage but that you begin to put this not on someone else but on God because he can take it and he can handle it see Peter didn't just make this stuff up either but the problem is this that <clears throat> we don't pray polite prayers and don't pray formal prayers I want you to pray honest prayers see God can handle it God, God wants us to just be honest with him and share. I want to turn your attention to an example of this in Psalm 55. It's David. 
I'm going to read through this. Beginning in verse 12. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshipers. It's his friend. It's his companion. You ever, you ever had someone turn on you? You ever had someone talk about you or, or um, do you wrong? This is what he's talking about. And he goes on in verse 15. He says, let death take my enemies by surprise. He's not praying for their salvation, folks. He says, let them go down alive to the realm of the dead, for evil finds lodging among them. And the, the translation here, he, he just saying they can all go to hell. That's the way it is. I, I'm not praying for them. I'm not praying for goodness and mercy. He, <clears throat> this is the way David, though, is praying and crying out. In verse 16, as for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. This is all I'm talking about. This is all I'm praying about and crying out to you, O God, morning, noon, and night, continually. David goes on, he rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. God who is enthroned from of old, who does not change, he will hear them and humble them. Because they have no fear of God. My companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. He, see, he breaks his promises. He doesn't tell the truth. This is what I'm dealing with. His talk is smooth as butter. Yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil. Yet they are drawn swords. You know. We, we've known that kind of person. The person, they seem so syrupy sweet and they, they say the right things and yet you know that, that, that their intentions are bad and that's what he's crying out to the Lord about. And then verse 22, cast your cares, throw it, throw it. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. But you, God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of decay. The bloodthirsty and deceitful will not live out half their days. The cry of David and the example of, of how to pray an honest prayer, to just to be honest. I mean, God knows our heart. Why, why, why just read off a prayer? Unless you're like me, and that's, that's what you grew up with. That's what you knew. That was the example. But I'm trying to tell you today that the, what we, that we, the way we deal with this is we cast it on Him. He, we throw it on Him because He can take it. He wants that. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Does He care for you? Because we, we hear that, and I think so, many times it's in the abstract. Because we, we, we hear that and we think, oh yeah, God, God, God loves everybody and God cares for everybody. But we actually forget that He actually loves and cares and remembers you. You might need to turn to your neighbor and remind them this morning, God cares for you. Why don't you do that? Turn to, turn to the neighbor around you and say, God cares for you.
because they may have forgotten. If it's important to you, it's important to your Father in Heaven because you are important to your Father in Heaven. Man, I got to get that. I got to get that. Because this works. This works. This is a relationship skill. It works in your your marriage relationship. It works in your work relationships, in your family relationships, your friend relationships. But you, you, you operate this way. You recognize, yes, I got this box. I got these intangibles. But I'm not putting those on somebody else. And God, I've got this submission competition thing down. And God, I... I get what it is to submit and be humble and cast my cares on you instead of somebody else. But I want to think today that maybe, just maybe, one or more people today, you're sitting here and you're thinking, I wonder if God actually remembers me, if He cares for me. If that's you today, then... I I want you as we would sing and close this out today that you spend the time that you need in prayer that you're reminded today that God has not forgotten you child of God he loves you he cares for you he can take your stuff you throw it at him and you walk this life in this submission competition you take these steps of humility to be humble You see, you sit here today and you say, I'm not humble. That's interesting though. What would it look like if I were humble? If I did practice humility? You see, you and I can choose to begin to do that today. And I described for you steps of humility for me to begin to raise my hands. Father, I need you. I need what you can bring. And to be on my knees and to pray and say, God, I seek your face. I I believe that you care for me. You know my circumstances. And God, under your mighty hand is the best place. Your protection, your authority. I'm going to let you lift me in your timing. That's a game changer, folks. That means we're not having to compete and jockey for position and call the right person. We wait upon the Lord to lift us up and to meet our needs and he is more than able to do that will you stand with me this morning I want to give us an opportunity to pray holy God I thank you this morning I thank you that you're present here today I thank you that beyond anything I might have shared that God, I'm trusting today that Holy Spirit, that you, you rested and wrestled with every person in this building today to reveal, God, our, our areas of need and struggle and reminding us, God, that you're more than capable of handling it. God, accomplish your precious and holy work today in every individual life. Some may need to pray further today. And God, may they know that you're present and your people are present to pray with one another and to see you.
you accomplish your will today. God, we love you today. In Jesus' precious name.